this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's a very, very special day. I'm excited to be here. We're talking Creed 2. This movie was freaking nuts, and I have an incredible couple guests to break it down for y'all. We'll see you in just one quick second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome to the show. What a day. What a day. It's a beautiful day. I can feel the sunshine on my face. Aha. Aha. There she goes. <laughs> she knows how it works. Yes. Welcome to the show, guys. It's Action Movie Anatomy. We're here. It's Thursday. Yes, you're seeing correctly. Uh, Andrew Guy is not here. He took his uh, his one-man show of The Devil Wears Prada. He took it to Tokyo, so he's doing it there. No, just kidding. But he is in Tokyo. That's why he's not here. So uh, I have two very special guests. Is he going to put me through a table for sitting in for him? <laughs> uh, no, I mean he. You know, he, he only he only tackles uh, through you know big events. So uh, we'll 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 see what happens. But uh, I've got uh, two very special guests. I've got Kevin Undergaro. Uh, Kevin Ergaro, what, was, what there is more is there to be said about man? He, husband of Maria Menounos. Husband of Maria Menounos. <laughs> he started the studio. He did the whole thing, you know. Uh, so he's he's here for the second Rocky film. I'm really excited to have you on the show, man. I so excited to be here. Yeah, incredible movie. Yeah, so good. And I've got Marissa Serafini, uh, host, frequent engineer, producer of the show, and she's on the show for the very first time. Yeah, thanks so much for asking me. You, you asked if I wanted to do this. I was like, absolutely. It's Creed. Yeah, of course. Amazing. It's the Rocky franchise. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. This this movie was. I mean, I'll be honest. It was a surprise to me how good it was. I I thought a sequel this late in the game ran the real risk of a little, and I was surprised. I really, really, really liked this movie. I thought this movie was fantastic. What did you guys think? I really enjoyed it. I really loved the tone and the theme throughout this one um, compared to the first one. And I felt for this one, it was more of a surprise to me. This one felt way more dramatic than the actual action scenes that we get with the fighting. Yeah. I was more invested in the characters and the emotional stories and the legacy behind that tied these two fighters together. Um, so I really enjoyed the, the family emotional aspect of the film that made it, made it way more dramatic than I expected it to be. Yeah. I liked it actually even better than Creed, I think. Really? I loved it. Wow. Did you... There was only one negative review, review I saw on the Hollywood Report. It sounded... It read to me like a young writer who didn't quite get it. Yeah. He, he The knock he had... He was like, okay, the movie was fine, but the knock he had was that um, it was too much Rocky. Oh, it was too much Stallone. Yeah. That's what he said. And, uh, Interesting. And, and he, he, he's like, and arguably Rocky's even better than Creed as far as movie to movie. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't have. My criticisms would have nothing to do with that. I think my criticisms would have, mine are way more on the nose, right? They're way more in the sense that it's, it's the sort of derivative stuff. But like, it's the eighth movie. It's hard, to, it's hard when you're like getting to that point to not use things that we expect. So we'll get into all that as we get into the film. Uh, this is Action Movie Anatomy. We cover action movies on this show. Uh, those action movies adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one, the hero always plays by their own rules. I don't know. I mean, does Adonis fully play by his own rules? I mean, he definitely likes to tell yes. people he knows what he's doing. Yeah. But, like, he tried... Nobody wants him to take the fight, and he does. But then he gets his ass like, kicked. Nobody... It doesn't yeah. matter. He still plays by his own rules. Yeah, true. That's fair. You That's know, fair. His, his 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 wife says no. I mean, his or his baby mama says no. His mother says no. Rocky says no. Yeah. And he still mm-hmm. fight. He's so playing by his own rules. Fair. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you, in the room. So... 
really, Rocky is the smartest guy in the room when it comes to this because he knows best. I was Absolutely. a little, so, yeah, but you know, in the original Rockies, you know, he would in the end make his own decisions, right? You know, what I'm saying like later on in the fight when Mick would say one thing, stay down, yeah, he'd yeah. get up. So it was just kind of interesting. I thought the character of Creed would arc to that point where in the last round he'd say, no, I got this. Yeah. And I don't know if I recall that. I think it was Rocky. What do you guys think? Was it, was it Rocky calling the shots the whole way in the... Well, one of the big things we talk about a lot on the show is how often in movies the the two heroes are represented by two characters, right? So the, the classic buddy cop movie, you know, your lethal weapon or something like that. You have both halves of the hero that plays by their rules but is also the smartest guy in the room. Sometimes two characters represent that ideology. So I think with these two characters, Sly is the smartest guy in the room, but he's not necessarily the hero. I mean, he's one of the heroes. It's the two of them as kind of a duo that gets you to the finish line. And nor- But right. normally the the with at least the managers – they have something in them where they're trying to protect the we took it all we brought them to our land an endless night ember hot and icy cold the rage of the earth we made this curse carved it in the blood on our backs we did not see we could not but she did and in the end what will I become? Senwa Saga Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Fighter, and maybe that's not the best thing. Yeah. It starts out with the best of intentions, but maybe that's not the best thing. And the fighter ultimately knows, you know, Rocky Balboa, he tells his son, yeah. I gotta go out how I gotta go out. Right. And when the son's like, listen, you proved everything. Don't, don't, you have nothing else to prove. Mm. And we've seen that in every movie. I was a little surprised that um, Creed wasn't gonna have a moment where he's like, no, Rock, I got this. Like, I, now I know what to do in this last round. Yeah, in the mm-hmm. final, you're saying, like, at the end, in the final yeah, fight. Yeah, like usually right? because it is your rules that you've come up with. It is, you do kind of follow those rules. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with, with that also because we see Adonis has to change his fighting style, his own personal rules on during the, the last final fight. Not to jump ahead, but he had to change rules just so he can, like, more, more so sustain his fighting within and and not necessarily win, but just to keep fighting. And especially when he was getting hurt, he had to change literally the, his fighting styles just to stay in the game. Well, so it, but we've it, seen that before. It changes with the rules. It, those it's a hallmark rules. of the, yeah. the Rocky franchise. Yes. You have yeah. to find the way to beat the villain. Like you have to. Yeah. There's right. Yeah. And this is where you have your mix yeah. and your Apollo Creeds yeah. and in this case Rocky, who's going to say, "No, no, this is how you do it." Yep. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. This is where sports movies and action movies, uh, they're not the same thing. So he's slight when you, we went to Russia. We, we're not, you know, Russia's a pretty big, still a, has come back being a force as a political power but Rocky, since the original movie. But Rocky and Creed are not political figures. They're, no. They're not, not but, so. there's, but it was... It was Underlying there, at yeah. least, right? I mean, there's hints of it. There's some amount of political, yeah. One, political yeah, social commentary. Drago yeah. and his son Fair. meeting with the the Russian billionaires and members of government. Rule number four: yeah. the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There are no explosions in this movie. Once again, explosion Sports. of emotions. Yeah, explosions of emotion, which right. we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah, <there you laughs> so go. those are the rules of action movie anatomy, guys. Uh, really quickly before we get into the meat of the show today, I want to give a quick shout out to our patrons, members of the Action Army. New member shout outs: we've got Matt O and Nick Widener. We salute you. Thank you for all of your support here for the Action Army. Coming up today on the show, we are going to be doing Oversieged, Under Siege, Properly Sieged on Tessa Thompson. We're going to be talking about our top three all-time Sylvester Stallone moments from the Rocky franchise. And we're going to be answering some of your Action Movie Anatomy questions. So, without further ado, I suggest uh, we introduce my guests where, where we can find them. So, they, you know, if you guys want to throw your shout-outs at them, if you want to you know, tweet at them, Kev, where can the folks find you? I'm just at Undergaro. That's all. Just at Undergaro? That's all. Okay. There you go. And I'm at Serafini TV. And you guys can find me at Ben Bateman Media. Be sure to tweet at Andrew Guy, uh, who's actually in the chat. Uh, so he's having a good time. He's, I think it's 7 in the morning. He's up in Tokyo. So he's nice. joining us for the, he wanted to make sure that he loved this movie. He was a huge fan of it. Um, so if we, if we uh, can get to the next bit of the show, let's cue the trailer. I was a big fan of this trailer. I got oh, really hyped so when it came out. We got this. You hear me? Thank you. 
In the ring, you got rules. Outside, you got nothing. Life hits you with all these cheap shots. People like me, we live in the past. You got people that need you now. You got everything to lose. This guy's got nothing to lose. I ain't got a choice. Love That's the same thing so much. Uh, said. See, it even starts right very here. dramatic. Yeah, oh yeah. Listen to me, this guy is dangerous. But you don't think I could beat him? I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty. I was afraid I couldn't live up to these expectations. I got, I got, I got, I got loyalty inside my DNA. Makes me you sad we'll never see Weathers in another Rocky. I know. Remind me to tell you, there was a chance we could have seen him in this one. Like a flashback? That you heard from Sly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, when not, not necessarily a flashback. I'll tell you later. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you can't talk about it on air? No, I can. Okay, listen, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Oh, well, he originally, when he was conceiving this, and it was so fun, he was telling me um, when this was just an idea. Yeah. You know, a couple of years ago. And he was telling me scene by scene the way he envisioned this. Right. And with only a couple of exceptions, pretty much what he told me would be in the movie ended up in the movie. Yeah. Although he wanted a scene when he was in the hospital, Michael B's in the hospital, he wanted Carl Weathers to appear. Ah. Like almost as a, in his dream or during a coma or something like that. And he would have used Father like Weathers sun. now. He would have like an yeah. older Weathers, like a Weathers mm-hmm. that he's yeah. never seen. Yeah, and I'll have to. I'll find out why. I'll, I, I have be seeing him in a few weeks, but I'm going to find out why. Cool. But, but and I also know he he loves him so much, and he loves the character so much, right? That uh, he said his regret was killing him. That's what he, you told me in the last yeah, one. Yeah, he's yeah. like, I wish I put him in a wheelchair, yeah. so I could have still used him. And he also said um, he learned to respect him even more as a boxer. Because working with the the new crew, yeah, nothing is Michael B. But Michael B.'s opponents, and I, uh, you know, right? They just Carl Weathers just moved so well. He was a real athlete, like you know. Real. Yes, and that's what he was saying. He yeah. moved so well, and he sold so well. So where Mr. T was really a strong guy, but he didn't sell. Yeah, he couldn't. He, even knows how he would take punches ahead, and his just kind of head just would pop back, but he never really showed any pain. Right. Mm-hmm. But Carl Weathers, he was like he just had it all. Yeah. You know, and he's like, he missed, you know. I love Weathers. Classic, classic sports hero. Happy Gilmore's great, too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, guys, that's a pretty pretty fantastic trailer, pretty dramatic. I remember being really hyped. I watched the trailer several times the morning it came out. Uh, and without without any hesitation, I think we should get the next bit of our show, which is thesis statement. So this is where you, you have your biggest, boldest thought about this film. This should be rooted in the greatest this, the first this, the only this. Uh, we try to stay away from, you know, this movie has one of my favorite Rocky scenes. We want it to be something that you can really hold on to. This is what you'd say at a party if you wanted to talk about this movie. Um, and I'll jump in first because I was trying to kind of work out how to put into words um, exactly what this is. And I couldn't quite, but this is this is what I came to. I believe the Rocky franchise is the most singular film franchise of all time. And the reason I think so is because no other franchise that I can think of was able to effectively make a sequel... I mean, other than other than um, Balboa, which is 06, there's 26 years, 25 years between Rocky V and Creed. And they took elements from the original, but they really did create a new franchise with new characters that we grabbed onto. They didn't have to rely so much on, other than Stallone, like most of that old stuff is old stuff. It's truly a new boxing franchise, a new sports franchise. And I think these characters, they're all-time characters. Apollo, like or, uh, Adonis is just... I love him. Like, I'm going to watch him like I wanted to watch Stallone. And the only other one I can think of that got close to this is, is the new Star Wars sequels where they used the original pieces and they kind of they gave us these new characters fueled by these old ones, but they still made another trilogy in the late 90s. So they didn't really, they didn't really take that long of a break. Like, there was another era in the middle. There was really no era of Rocky. Balboa kind of came and went. Not, like, Balboa didn't have an impact like Creed had. Like, no. Not even close. No, it just was a nice ending. Yeah. It was like a redemption for five like when it came out, I think to a lot of people it was like a novelty that right. turned out to be a lot better than people yeah. thought. Yeah, well, I think it, it put a ribbon on that original franchise. Yeah, and I don't think there's another franchise that I can think of that's ever no. done it like this has done it. Like if you know, if Stallone is truly out, like he says he is, they're going to continue making these movies, and it's going to just be a new franchise. It's inspired by an old one, but it's fully a new franchise mm-hmm. that just lives on its own, right. uh, and it's an all timer. So I think it's the most singular film franchise of all time in that sense. I you know I kind of agree. My my thesis kind of 
goes into that, uh, you know, it kind of piggybacks off a little bit. I, I would have to say, Cree 2 is a perfect example of how you successfully transition from one lead role franchise to another lead role franchise from Rocky to Creed. Completely different lead characters. You're right. Successfully yeah. transition. You're so right, Marissa. And I think this, I didn't even think about it because this really inspires other filmmakers and other franchises to do the same thing. Granted, it's got to be, uh, you know, as magnetic as Rocky or Karate Kid. But still, I think it just really teaches, you know, other filmmakers or artists to say, hey, you know, we have these, this intellectual property. It's just sitting there. Yeah. You know, like we have uh, comic book characters that are 75 years old that we're playing with, right? So it's right. Like, they're just sitting there like, why not? And why not not and, – and rather than reboot, which to me, other than Star is Born, which yeah. has been rebooted many times and successfully, so I think every other reboot has just been, eh, it's all been a – you know, whether it's Longest Shard or Bad News Bears, it's always yeah. one step down from the original. But this is – you're right, Marissa. This is a way, I think, to inspire other people to go, hey, you know what? Like – I think it's the way to do it. I really do. Yeah. I mean, you can really find so much value in what's already out there, but in a way that doesn't feel like a retread, right? Yeah, or just a complete reboot, which is, ends up being a disappointment when someone turns in the iconic, the role of a lifetime. Yeah. You know? For sure. So it's the passing of a torch. I basically Definitely. said what you said, Ben, my thesis, yeah. which I know because I prepared it. Like yeah. I don't know if that's how you guys <laughs> do it here. But I said, so Vester Stallone's Rocky Saga has a bona fide chance to live alongside Star Wars in terms of story franchise, in that it can continue to make new installments through many decades and touch many new generations, but in Rocky's case, different cultures as well. Yes. You know, whereas I think yeah. Star Wars is, you know, it's going to be one more one culture, I think, strong. And I think Star strong. Wars, people will watch no matter what, regardless of quality. They'll continue to watch Star Wars movies right. because of the brand. Whereas the Rocky franchise, if they took a wrong turn with it, if Creed 1 had been really bad, A, I don't think they would have made Creed 2. And B, I don't think people see it. It doesn't. I also think a lot of people have tapped out of Star Wars too, though. Yeah. Like now it's got its very loud and proud audience, but it's not necessarily the 1977 audience that was just so massive. I think yeah. they've just whittled down. You know, they for a number of reasons. Right, and generations with Star Wars have changed since then because Star Wars that's sci-fi, that's fantasy. You can. You know, go beyond the the borders of reality. But then Rocky, it is grounded in reality. You, yeah. There are realistic storylines and real characters that are more um, relatable than what you would get in Star I think Wars. And with urban cinema continuing to grow, and um, the fact that uh, we're so oversaturated with content, the only thing that is one of the few things that's working is familiar characters. Yeah. So I think that this goes on and on and on. I really do. Yeah. Finding a way to get butts and seats for anything, right. whether it's streaming content, a movie, anything. a television show, just finding a way to get people to pay attention is the hardest thing, right? And it's like, so, so, yeah, I mean, it, literally, li literally finding new life and intellectual property that people recognize that they have some motivation to pay attention is such a big piece of it. Uh, and this, this franchise is arguably the best example of it because Star Wars was a, was a guarantee. I mean, it was just a guarantee. Like, Creed was kind of a guarantee. Creed 2 was not. I mean, Creed, Creed 1 had to succeed for a sequel to work. I, yeah, I don't yeah, think Creed absolutely. was necessarily guaranteed. I think they were going to get money, right? Like, I think it was going to make money. It, it, well, it, we don't know what they made it for. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, if sure, if they made it for a small amount, small enough amount. True, yeah. They could have lost money if they had spent too much on it. Yeah, just, I mean, they got one of the genius young directors alive right now to make it. And right. Yeah, and I think it also, Creed 2 benefits from having two really strong or, well, you can say three really, really strong actors in this movie. I mean, you have Sylvester Stallone, who already has a foundation and a successful career to back him up. We have Michael B. Jordan, who's definitely uh, has grown in the last five years yeah. just as an actor within, you know, the Hollywood and Tessa Thompson. So we have like three strong actors who are really relevant today in, in the industry who and that helps also just gain the audience to watch this yeah it's really well cast so uh, i think without without uh any hesitation we should move on to fistball moment this is uh this is that moment in the film something happens and i had a literal one an actual pump my fist <laughs> in the theater you look around you're like, are you seeing this right now this is the coolest thing i've ever seen i'm so excited i get to watch the rest of this movie um for me and you know fistball moment can be literally anything um for me my fistball moment was the second that i saw dolph's face 
at the beginning of the movie, the minute that I saw Lundgren and how grizzled he looked and his beard or his, his like stubble, I was just so in. The, in the opening credits, right? Yeah. yeah, you're right. That was a huge moment. You see his face, and I was just like, I am so it told you everything. freaking amped for this movie. Yeah. Like, I love Dolph. I love Rocky IV. I'm such a fan. I interviewed him a few years ago for Black Hollywood Live, which I think I've told you this story before, right? Yeah. Yeah. Let's go tell it again. This is, this is one of my favorites. I, I sat down, and, you know, Dolph said, keeps himself in tremendous shape and he's like a genius right he's like mensa mm-hmm. so i sit down and, and he's like what what outlet did you say you were from and i was like uh, black hollywood life and and he's like really and i, oh, <laughs> and I was wow. like and i was like uh yes i'm creole that's what daryl used to tell me to say uh and uh he was like maybe about a million years ago and uh we do the interview whatever we talk about it. it's movie skin trade and at the end of it, I was like, thank you so much for your time, you know. And he said, say, say hello to your people down south, as I was getting <laughs> I would have. Did, That's brilliant. Would, you couldn't have asked him to say, I must break you. I must break. I should have. I should have. Yeah, I was nervous. It was like, it was years ago. It was like three years ago. I think it was one of like the first junkies I'd ever And done. you know, so many people do that. With, yeah, right? exactly. I think I asked him about playing uh, He-Man, maybe, the Masters of the Universe. I asked him about that. I asked him about taking punches from Stallone because he broke Stallone, he's famously he broke Stallone's ribs right he put him in the hospital in yeah he, he hit him so hard that it jammed up against his heart yeah put him in this I know Carl Weathers started refusing to come out of his dress, his uh, trailer to, yeah because he was getting he was beating him up so bad yeah and finally he complained to Stallone Sly he says I'm not doing this yeah I don't care <laughs> like and that's Carl Weathers who's huge and we already said it was a good fighter oh well, yeah but this guy was a professional fighter I mean it was just a different level and Dolph's just massive he's a big guy but he's also yeah. a fighter yeah. Like, he's, yeah he's a trained fighter martial arts martial arts. arts oh yeah oh big time Oh, okay. Big time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's legit. His late 80s are yeah. funny. He did The Punisher. He did some pretty bad movies in the late 80s. Yeah. His latter half of his career, that's uh, pretty enjoyable. But it's also, you know, how much... It's almost like he has a better shot at roles now with his look. Right. Way he got older yeah, that, and, like... Right, he, like, more weathered and, you know... That's why I was so excited when I saw his face. I just... I was just, like, I don't even... I was a little disappointed, I have to say, that I never got any doll fighting. Like, I wanted him and Rocket even to have, like, a you scuffle. Know, they did. And they cut it. Oh, really? Yes, there's a scene... Yeah. And it's online. You can find it. Okay. Uh, with it. It's it's not actually the scene. It's them rehearsing for the scene. Okay. And he throws a couple of punches at Rocky. Rocky throws a couple of punches back. And, yeah, it's total cheese. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's not... It wasn't... Old tension. It, yeah, it's not right for the for this film. Okay. This film, so, but for us, as yeah. dudes, we would have gone crazy and loved it, but... It just would have been one step too far. Because well, he's in the bar. He's like, he's a nice picture. Like, I was, you're like, oh, man, Rocky would be pissed. You, you know? It, it, right. it, but I think if you look up, if you, got, you probably can find it, it where they would they were acting it out. It wasn't, it was like in an airport or something. You know, okay. Some, yeah, I read it was supposed, supposed to be at the hospital in the waiting room. Got the, it. That's one of the references. Maybe, that, yeah, I'm sorry, but, maybe it's not. But a, it, had they kept that scene in the film, it would have taken the attention away from Adonis and Victor. Yeah, yeah. I think it's and fair. It was good that's editing. what the movie is. You know, we're focusing on these guys, not the Rocky and Ivan. And originally, when he was writing it, he yeah. said he wanted that to take place during the fight, during okay. the first fight. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so sure. You notice this one, this one part of the fight where Rocky, you know, he's coming toward the camera and saying something to the effect of, "What kind, what kind of fight are you throwing here?" Whatever, and they cut it really fast. I have a funny feeling something might have gone down there. Got it. I'll find out, but okay. I think something might have may have gone down. There was a cut you noticed. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, and well, the, during the fight, if you see it again. So while we're looking this up, what's uh, who wants to go with their fist pump moment? Who's got theirs? Um, I'll go with mine first because uh, the, we we see all the the awesome fighting in sequence, but we we always see when they get knocked down, and every single time they get knocked down, you're like, oh, get back up, okay. right. So mine is when uh, Adonis finally gets knocked down, and it takes him a long time, and like it took every fiber of his being to get up again, and he like starts punching the ground, yeah, yeah, the canvas, awesome. yeah. and like yeah, because that that just topped the Creed one moment, right? When he got knocked down, and then he like just kind of. Like, I think believe the line is he's like, like born he's, again, or yeah, right? born again, like possessed or whatever. Yeah, like a man that, possessed. This moment in Creed two, when he like punches the canvas, he's like trying to literally pump himself back up again. I'm like, yeah, yeah, he's in it. He he's ready to take on this last round, and I was so for it. I mean, sports, yeah, sports movies have the the unique, wonderful quality that like they have these. Um, 
I mean, there we did a thing on we have in the show now. We do call the Action Guys, and and on that show we did a whole sports movies versus action movies thing, and we were talking about sort of how they're so similar. They both have these hallmarks, these beats that they hit. There's a setup, and then you start hitting these these. I hate to call them predictable because stereotypes, when they're done in films correctly, they work. That's mm-hmm. why they that's why they are what they are. You know, Warrior is like my favorite sports movie ever, and it's literally just a walking version of every other sports movie that's ever existed. And so. But sports movies have that thing, the hype moment when you have to get back up yes. and fight. And they're so freaking exciting. So <laughs> they're the so good. The best. Yeah. Like he just goes crazy on the canvas and I'm like, yes. Yeah. That that was the moment I was like, he's he's definitely gonna win this. Because everyone was doubting him throughout the entire film. I was like, no, he's he's coming back. I mean, this is a funny thing. this is a quick two t- two second tangent. So the film Warrior that I love, we've talked about it a lot of times. Which Everybody on the show knows. Uh, Anthony is a good friend of mine. He wrote it and he was on the show when we did it and uh, I watched the Koba fight when he has to fight Kurt Angle in that movie. It's before the final fight. It's the second to last mm-hmm. fight. I just watched it this morning because I love it so much. And I literally texted Anthony this morning. And I said to him, uh, <laughs> aside from the final 10 minutes, I think Brendan versus Koba might be the best five minutes in the movie. Out of the blue. He lives in Austin now. He responds. He says, yeah, that section turned out well. I had Callan come in about a half dozen times and fed him lines until I was satisfied with the final fight which is euphoric at the end and bleeds nicely into my two favorite scenes, back-to-back, the casino and the hotel. Kobo through the end of the entire film is the whole film for me. The rest is just set up. Like, even the writer knows everything is just setting up to those big moments. The five minutes there, the five minutes when he beats Koba is so exciting. I found myself almost tearing up in the car today in a parking lot watching it. I haven't seen the movie in, like, two months. I love it. Only anyway. two months. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen it like a hundred times. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. It's that's my, like me and Rocky. Favorite. I watch Rocky, Rocky one or two, usually every three months. I would like to throw this out there to your team too. Yeah. don't be afraid to refer to Rocky as a holiday film as well. Right? Oh, yeah, well, because we actually had said when we were talking about the sports stuff that Rocky is a Thanksgiving film, right? Well, he he fights Christmas. Uh, he fights uh, New, Year's New Year's Eve. Okay. So, you know, when he's training and all that other stuff, it's it's through the holiday season. That's why you see the Christmas lights, you see Polly right. with the wreath under his arm. So just Cracking to Adrian's first date was Thanksgiving. That's right, exactly. That's that's why so we, I, so that's I, always, why I threw that at Sly it was like three Christmas Eves ago. Yeah. And he looked at me and go, Yo, I'm gonna go home and watch it. I go, 'cause I said it's I said amongst all the other great things about Rocky I go, it's a good underrated Christmas film as well. Yeah. And he's, he looked at me like I never thought of that. He's one of the most I think cherished. I think he's one of the most cherished figures in the history of, of cinema. Not just uh, Sly, but I think Rocky. I mean, character-wise, yeah, one of them. One of the most. You know, it's funny. Um, I'll do more name dropping, but take it over to sports. So I was with Bill Walton. Oh, really? At an event, and we had the pleasure of sitting with him for this entire event. We we bonded pretty nicely, and he was saying, you know, the problem is with the young, this young sports writers. They they just haven't seen. The older players, you know, they haven't seen Larry Bird and Michael and, and, and Magic Johnson, and soon they won't have seen Michael Jordan. So that's why it's all about LeBron. And then twenty years about something else. So it's the mm-hmm. same with film. You know, we'll say that about Rocky, but then there's another generation that will say that about you know, right? I don't know um, Spencer Tracy or you know. Well, I think that's why that's it's, how it goes. It's why it's so important to have. Here people. we go. Here's the scene. Oh, here we go. So this is them. This is them uh, rehearsing it. And you're right, Marissa. It looked like it happened at the hospital. This is Cletus to the left. Oh man! Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> right. That would have been. That would have been silly. Right. It's, it's right. great to see. I'm glad that we get to see that because yeah. it makes me feel like now I know what I would have missed. Right. Thank you, Juliet. Yeah. It's not necessary. Thanks, it, right. it really it, it breaks up the momentum of everything that we're watching, especially because it gets dramatic at the hospital. Yeah. yeah. Like it totally it just shifts everything. Yeah. Um, all right. Before this we is the strength of editing, by the way. Yeah. Yes. You know why you do need a good editor or producer or just somebody who goes, mm, you know what, can give you the call. They had three yeah, editors yeah. on this film. Really? Yeah, three completely different editors on this song. Ah. Yeah. Um, Kevin, what do you got? Oh, for me, um, during the training montage, when uh, Creed stumbles to his knees and and Rocky whispers inside the car, get up, get up, kid, get up. And, of course, he does. Yeah. That was a nice fist bump for me. It was great. It's just, again, it's the sports movies, man. They just, they have these things that few other movies get. 
You're uh, the first get up on the second get up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Love it. Um, all right, guys, those are our fist pump moments. Be sure to leave yours in the chat here. If you watch this later, leave comments below. Be sure to like, subscribe, all of those wonderful things to keep this show high in the standings. Uh, let's get into star profiles. Uh, we're going to talk about Stallone, and then we're going to queue up a wonderful video here that we have set up. So prior to this film, he had done Escape Plan 2, Hades, which I'm surprised he did. That was the Schwarzenegger movie, Escape Plan, where they're, they're locked up, right? A few years ago? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where he's and Schwarzenegger has a line where he's like, you hit like a vegetarian, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the four, Fahrenheit 450, or sorry, sorry, uh, that's that's uh, uh, Michael, Michael B. B. Animal Crackers in 2017, then Guardians 2 in 2017, where he plays Stacker Ogard. Uh, Sly, you know, that's a, nice, that's a nice feather in his cap that he's in the Marvel franchise now. I'm glad to see that. That's, uh, it makes him relevant to a different audience, which I think is pretty cool. And I don't know what Animal Crackers is. Now you guys see that? No, I haven't. <clears throat> I know he's. Uh, I know he's. Um, it's interesting. He's not. He's not as uh, concerned about Oscar statues and things like that. Yeah. You know, he just wants. It's like if there's money and it's fun, he'll do it. But for him, I think it's writing and creating. Like he's got. That's where he's got such passion. Well, he's always been that way. Right? He's always yeah. been. He's always been the creative. Like he. That's he's. You compare him to that era of of those action guys, and really, if you go back and you look at all of them. He's in a different class. Like he's compared to he's compared to Schwarzenegger and Snipes and all these guys that he does the Expendables movies with. But like he wanted to he wanted to make comedies. He wanted to make musicals. He wanted to do everything. Everything. Right. And I think he's in a position now that he can choose whatever he wants to well, do. Yeah. He's also it a great painter. His career. He's a true artist. Yeah. yeah. A true auteur. Yeah. That he can do a lot. Big fan of that guy. So uh, before we get into the second half of our star profiles here, I want to queue up this video. This was posted on Sly's Instagram just a couple years, a couple days ago. It's a speech from on set where he's basically announcing his retirement as the character of Rocky. Uh, I think it's important we watch. Well, this is probably my last rodeo because what I thought happened and has happened. This is Rocky yeah. when he's yeah. talking. I thought I Rocky was over in 2006 and I was very happy with that. And then all of a sudden, this young man presented himself, and the whole story changed. It went on to a new generation, new problems, new adventures. And I couldn't be happier because as I step back, as my story has been told, there's a whole new world. So happy he's dressed as Rocky when he gives a speech to For the audience, for this generation. And thank you very much, Stephen. And definitely you, Michael, for making that possible. Now you have to carry the mantle. I don't know that there's ever an actor that's embodied a character as, like, he, he, he just is Rocky. Yeah, he mm-hmm. is. Right? Like, he feels like he was a famous fighter. That's what Stallone feels like now mm-hmm. when you see him. I think he's very close to this character. You want to call him champ when you see him because, like, I don't know if there's ever been a character that I feel like is an, or an actor that is a character as much as him. Well, you have to remember, Rocky started his career, like really just kick-started his yeah. career and who he is. So it makes sense that he would be so yeah. attached to Rocky. After decades that have passed, it's hard to step back from a character you know and love. So I asked you guys to for each of us to come up with a few of our all-time Rocky Stallone fist pump moments, uh, commemorative we're going to do a little countdown here because if this truly is his last rodeo, as he says, we should each talk about the moments that meant the most to us in these movies. Uh, and, you know, we'll probably do a little less on the production development so we can make sure we do these because I think this is what the fans of the show really love is we like to talk about the things in these movies we think are, are awesome. So uh, let's just start going around. Uh, Kev, what, what do you got? What's your first uh, first rock? In the first one, when he's uh, sitting in the bed uh, with Adrian right before the fight, and he, that's when he realizes he can't beat him. I can't beat him. He's, yeah. He just wants to go. I just don't want to be another Go bump the from the neighborhood. I just want to, I just, if I can be standing there when that bell rings at the end, you know, and, uh, and I, when I was a little kid and saw it, I, I didn't get it. I didn't yeah. understand it. But seeing it now, it's like, oh my God. And, you know, and Adrian's like, you trained, but you trained so hard. He's like, yeah, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that was, uh, maybe it's an anti fist pump moment, but still. When they make you feel something, like that's the point. That's the point of a fist pump is it makes you feel something really just like, just that, like, yes, that's what this is about for me. Uh, what do you get most? At a moment, it's a realization. I think we probably should have worked together. Um, mine kind of, it, it does uh, involve Adrian because I love her so much. And um, mine is when Rocky, in the third one, when Adrian's, like, 
giving her the speech on the beach. Yeah. And Rocky finally gets that moment. He's like, I'm afraid. He's afraid to lose everything, mm-hmm. everything he fought for, all of his family, his wealth, his respect in the in just the the world. And like, I love that moment. He finally breaks down and finally admits what was bothering him and why he wasn't training as well as he could have. And Adrian got that out of him. And then he slow-mo runs in and the yellow shorts with weathers. Amazing training montage <laughs> yeah. after that. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Uh, I'll go with a Rocky 1-1 as well, which uh, it's, the, it's the classic Adrian moment after the fight. And I, what I love so much about that moment, and you realize that even up till this film, when Michael B's asking him how he proposed, and he has that line, she was my whole world, I think is what he says. She was, or she was my everything. He, says, he has a line like that. And even, even this late in the game, she's been gone for a while. There's just something about his connection to Adrian, and she was such a meek character in that first movie, that when he's screaming her name at the end, he's just like, I can't see anything. I can't feel anything other than where is Adrian. That's mm-hmm. all that matters to me mm-hmm. is this person. It's like he did it for her. He did it for him, but he did it for her. He had, and I just love that moment. I teared up when I watched it a few a months ago. Moment. It's a great, great moment. moment. Yeah, you're tearing up now. <laughs> no, no, I love <laughs> it so <laughs> much. Yeah, what do you got? Because that's the first time she says I love you to him. Yeah, it's so good. The, um, like that's all he cares about. He doesn't care about the fight. Yeah, and no. whatever and whoever uh, won. He, so he's only looking for not Amy. just a Christmas story, yeah. but a love story but as well. Story. Yeah, incredible one. Mm. So we have to come up with three of these. Yeah, we can. I mean, I think three each is probably pretty. Simple. Okay, I have another one. Go ahead, Marissa. I'll go. I'd have to say the whole. Because the, there's so many training montages in Rocky Four. Oh yeah. But the 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 last training montage when he's climbing up the mountain. Yeah. And he yells Drago, of course. But that was like because you see the <laughs> the juxtaposition between Drago's training with he's uh, just all the roiding out. So yeah, like steroids and the, the Russian equipment that's helping his training compared to Rocky's like obsolete climbing up a freaking mountain. His his own personal skills. Yeah. Not technology. You know that he has it. That was one of mine as well. I'll have to come up with another one. But I had that written down, the training montage in Rocky IV. Drago. Well, that's because I, I think, I mean, Rocky IV has always been the my heart's favorite on fire Rocky. One. Yeah. And heart's that, fire. just, because Rocky IV is the most action movie of all the Rockies. Picking up Duke and um, and uh, Polly in the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that training montage, and too. And Adrian. Adrian's also that's right. in that. Because he's like, you know, he's just like, he's running the snow. He's just doing everything. And like, just Drago's like, a million pounds of pressure. You know, it's like... <laughs> It's just <laughs> no, the hearts on fire. Yeah, which is yeah, Drago. I, I I have a thing for the the Rocky Four soundtrack. I think it's the greatest film soundtrack in the history of movies. Yeah, we've and, talked about this. Yeah, like that was my thesis when we did Rocky Four. And uh, every song in that movie at this point, when I watch it, it feels like an incredible music video. Like I just I love all of them. I love I love War. I love the training montage. I love No Easy Way Out. They reprise I Have the Tiger. I mean, you've got mm-hmm. Living in America in that movie. Mm-hmm. Even Sweetest Victory, which is my favorite song of the whole movie, which isn't even in the movie. It just plays on the soundtrack that he had curated from the movie that didn't even Beating use heart. it. Oh my god, there's yeah. so many. Yeah. So many. What it's a great soundtrack. It's so funny. <laughs> um, when um in Rocky Balboa, oh, okay, that's a good one. when Stallone's on his knees for the final time in the final fight, and um he looks at his son and he says to himself, Remember what you told the kid about how hard you hit? It's about how you can get how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward, how much mm. you can take and keep moving forward and he's like get up yeah and he gets himself up and he finishes the fight because that's one of your quotes yeah. you do these you do these seminars for us here at after buzz uh you import a lot of incredible maria wisdom. uses this more than me yeah well i've heard you say it a few times in yeah the seminar. It's, it's, a great quote. it's keep moving forward no matter yeah. what yeah it's great it's why sports movies are so good because obviously a lot of those lessons they're so important mm-hmm. to remember right in real mm-hmm. life you know get to keep fighting so that's a great one um my favorite single Rocky franchise moment that I'm going to go with, it's actually in Creed. Um, and I didn't realize how much it meant to me until I watched it a couple times recently. I, I, I texted you about this the other day, Kev. I, it's when he gets knocked out and he gets up and he's like, he's in the corner and his eyes all, you know, Adonis' eyes all swollen shut. And he's like, I'm going to throw the fight or I'm, I'm going to stop the fight. And he's like, don't you stop the fight. The ref comes over. How many fingers am I holding up? Sly taps back of his head three times so he can give the right number. Because even though it's four it's times, because even though he wants him to stop the fight, he knows that he has to make that decision himself because he's been there. So he said, he's like, what do you got to prove? And that's when he says, I'm not a mistake. There's this beat. And you realize, okay, this is the moment. And he looks at him and he's like, okay, I never got to thank Apollo for taking care of me after Mickey died. But I've learned more from you. You've taught me more than I ever learned then. And I'm going to fight this thing. But if I'm going to fight it, then I need you to fight I need you to get in there, and I need you to knock this guy out. Can you do that? He's like, yeah. 
Say it. I'm going to knock this guy out. He says, I know you are. You know why? Because you're a Creed. And I love you, kid. And he gets up, slow-mo, cue the Rocky music. The I like, original theme. Yeah. I, it's the first time you hear it in the movie. It's the best moment in the entire yeah. Rocky franchise for me. I just... It, I, I agree. I, I have it That's in good. my same one. I had, That was my third favorite moment as well. And I watched it this morning and I cried. It's the, which it's one he amazing. says? Because you're a Creed and I love you, kid. Uh, it just And I'm not a mistake. Yeah, I'm not oh. a mistake. That's a beautiful. I, I rewatched the movie last night, so oh. yeah, it's a beautiful moment. And it dovetails nicely, and obviously, into the post with Max Kellerman, and he says, "What'd you say to your dad that I love him, and you know, and I'm proud of you, Creed." Both of those moments, just like I'm starting to tear up now talking about him. Yeah, I love those so moments. Good. Yeah. So good. You guys got any other awesome ones you want to share? I'd, I'd have to say my top me for for me personally, it was when Rocky finally wins for the first time. He gets up at the 10 second count. And Apollo's still on the ground, and he gets up, and he finally officially wins. I'm like, yep, you that's got it. That's in two, right? Yeah, that's in two. Never seen Rocky two. two. It's the only one I've never seen. What? Still never watched two. What? 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 Wait, I've and, just never seen Rocky two. And you're still. talking so, about these films? Yeah. I mean, if you want a like, quick 90-plus minutes to make you feel good, you have to just watch Rocky, Rocky two. People you have to watch many, Rocky too. Many of the critics thought it was better than one. Yeah, people say that. I mean, I it's one of those movies. It's like Are a you couple crazy? movies. Crazy. I've never seen The Breakfast Club. There's like a few movies like this okay, that I've get, never watched. Oh, Listen, I get dude, that, no. but for you, for the the type of movies you love for the Are Rocky franchise, <laughs> why would you deprive yourself, Ben? You have to watch this yeah, moment. That's it. Don't, this is I, the moment I'm that not, makes not, Rocky Rocky. I've seen Rocky for like sixteen I'm give times. You the pass till January first. Every day after the first, did you haven't seen it? I'm not speaking to you. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, fair. I think I'll, I'll do that. Cat well. will probably <laughs> quiz me to make sure that I'm not making it up. Yeah, I'll we'll watch. Just check it's in amazing. on you. Like, You'll find watch me it? afterwards. Rocky yeah. Two. I, mean, I want to watch it. Did just you watch like, it well, yeah. I will. I will even give you my DVD to borrow so you can watch it. You have no excuse not to watch. Uh, it. The chat's telling me to get out. Surgery <laughs> says Ben, get out. Um, Jonas Tiger, Bateman, damn it. Uh, all right, guys, so that's uh, that's that's our top Stallone fist pump moments in the Rocky franchise. I'm glad we got to do that. Finishing out star profiles here, quickly we're going to talk about Michael B. His last three films prior to this were Kin in 2018, Fahrenheit 451 in 2018, and Black Panther in 2018. Obviously, the big story there is Black Panther. You know, I was listening to an interview with Michael B. this week on Bill Simmons' show, the Bill Simmons podcast, and he sort of talked about how his... He's been working since he was 12 years old, and he's been very famous for a very long time, but the level of recognition, the kind of people taking ownership of him changed so much after doing Black Panther um, because it's a Marvel movie, because of what it meant culturally, because of how big it was. I mean, Creed's a big deal, but when you mean that, like, there's the the importance racially of that movie, too. It just means so much to so many people. It also made the most money yeah, out of everything. Of and But I think when you crack comic book movies yeah. yeah that's a different level so i think it's funny like he made you know he made fruitvale and you know, he made creed one and then he disappeared for like two years he didn't have a movie come out for like two years because he was filming black panther creed 2 fahrenheit 451 and another movie i'm forgetting uh, but he like took two years two years off from making movies because he just like was the hot commodity he's like i'm just gonna go make all these hits and come back and now obviously he's he's, he's also very socially aware yeah and i know with the writing of creed in Creed 2, there were things that meant a lot to him. For example, he wanted to show that he was a he wanted to, he wanted us to see an African American male um, who was a good family man and a good father and a good partner, and that was very important to him. Gotcha. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. Like he's he's not just about let me show up and do the role and get paid. Right. You know, he really is putting more into it, and it's paying off. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's awesome. He's a. He's as a list as a list gets right now. There's yeah, and I think it's great because you have to remember, like he did television before he did movies and stuff. Because he got a lot of recognition from like Friday Night Lights and Parenthood. That's what I know and him the wire. for. I mean, he was really and yeah, the wire. so he he had a great acting career television wise. Moving over to movies, you got to remember, and a lot of people want to forgive, but Fantastic Four, as big of a flop that was, so now kind of redeeming himself still within the Marvel universe. Uh, and to have the proper recognition for his acting and physical ability that he has, I'm, I'm glad he's, he, he's making those big steps. Definitely. So on the other side of the you know starring role, I guess we'll say, I guess Stallone's the, really the other star, but Tessa Thompson is the other star, and she's having a hell of a moment right now. Uh, she did Little Woods, Furlough, and Annihilation in 2018. Of these films, I saw Annihilation, didn't see Furlough or Little Woods. Um, obviously, she did uh, she did Thor Ragnarok last year, which was a mm-hmm. big one. Um, she's 
in Westworld. She's been popping Westworld. up on a lot of stuff. Dear white people. Yeah. She's making a big, big impact right now. So no, with that so in sorry, mind. Sorry to not uh, sorry to bother sorry you. Sorry to bother you. Yeah, I feel like I'm forgetting one other really big one too. But the question I have for you guys is right now, do you think Tessa Thompson is overrated, underrated, or properly rated? Do you think as a commodity, as an actress, as a talent, where do you think she properly sits for you? Well, I only I don't know if people overrate her, but I think she's underrated because I think she's a fantastic actress. I've only seen her in in Westworld and Thor and like a few of her movies, so I only really know her from her acting ability. I think she's fantastic. I think people should put her in more stuff. I'm glad she she's working now, but I think she needs to be in bigger bigger roles than what she is because she's never she's never had a lead role. Not why well, I shouldn't never say never but she's always with uh she's always the supporting person i don't think she's ever really carried a role by herself but i would totally watch it yeah i mean valkyrie was like you know the biggest probably the biggest role she had ever had at the point she did it and And she she was was next to yeah thor Thor. she's very well loved i mean she wasn't even the most famous female character in that movie you know you had kate blanchett in that movie so Mm -hmm. um it's interesting i was actually gonna probably say that i think she's properly rated because we haven't seen her really show a, a distinct range but you know, now that I think about it she has and you're right she deserves she's always supporting she deserves to she deserves to star in some stuff she deserves to have a moment she hasn't had that movie yet you know she hasn't had her red sparrow give her you know whatever that means like yeah you know I think that's I think that's interesting or or even just the Valkyrie movie because I feel like or or a streaming series I mean something um I'd be all for Valkyrie I'll go I'll go under sieged what you go what you Under think? underrated you so. think so too yeah yeah yeah, here's here's what's nice. I always look at it on the business end. I'm happy she's got the uh, Creed franchise. I think it's a while before he kills her off. Tell you, you know, it's like there's definitely a formula with Rocky mm-hmm. that we yeah, follow. Right. Um, but at the same time, yeah, no, there's more. Yeah, there's more she should be and can be doing, and I think will be. Yeah, I think she's. I mean, she's a woman of color who I think is openly bisexual. So she is right now sort of she's incredibly talented. She's incredibly bankable. She's like everything that you would want to put in a movie right now. Uh, so I have a feeling she's got big things coming. She always plays likable characters too. Yeah. And I mean, you could kind of say she was somewhat of an antagonist in Westworld, but you loved her character so much. You, you root for her. So yeah. she's really great at playing good, likable characters you want to follow throughout. Great voice too. Um, so guys, coming up uh, for the rest of the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about production development. We're going to be answering some of your AMA questions. Uh, if you check out the Team Action Facebook page, we've got a Action Movie Anatomy for this show. There's actually a Facebook page, about 1,500 of you guys in it. And also the Team Action Facebook page. There's always polls going on, conversations. Uh, this week on uh, patreon.com slash teamaction, we're doing a mini review of the social network. We also did a behind-the-scenes reaction to my uh, latest Schmodown match against Clark Wolf. You guys can find our thoughts there. So patreon.com slash teamaction. Action. Let's talk about the people that made this movie. It was written by uh, Cheo Hadari Coker, Sasha Penn, Jewel Taylor, and Stallone. Um, none of these writers, other than Stallone, are like major, big commodity writers. They're I, I'm, and I'm also surprised he, you know, Stallone didn't get story by credit either. Yeah, he. I mean, this, it's one of these. It's kind of the same story. We can jump over to Stephen Cable for a second. The the creative team behind this movie is a lot less established than I would have expected. Stephen Capel has, you know, been successful, but like that's a pretty high profile movie for a guy with almost no credits I, of I, that kind. You know what I think? Mm-hmm. And this is just a guess. I think this is mostly Stallone who came up with the story because I know he came up with the story. He told me what the story is going to be years ago. Yeah, but then also he, I think, wrote the bulk of it, and then he gave the heavy lifting. You know, I mean, and he gave. Um, the other stuff to these guys to kind of fill in gaps. Right. And maybe he didn't feel appropriate. Yeah. Being the writer on it where, um, you know, it centers on African-American. And that's just a guess. Right. And Stallone actually did say that he wanted, because he, he was first slated to direct it, but he actually took a step back because he wanted a director who could come in with the voice of this new generation. So you're, you're absolutely right, Kevin. He wanted that. Yeah. I mean, Stephen Capel had basically, you know, he had a feature film debut at the 2016 Sundance Festival. It was acquired by IFC, you know, did pretty well. It was called The Land. Um, he, you know, wrote a six-episode a six miniseries on HBO, 
you know, this guy didn't direct a Marvel movie. He didn't have an Oscar-winning movie. This is a massive movie for him to be involved in, so I'm, I'm surprised. But he did a really good job with it. You know, hats off to him. He made a name for himself here. This is going to be a big deal. He'll get something really big after this, I'll bet. Um, so let's talk critical and box office. This movie was made by MGM, cost $50 million to make. A surprisingly cheap movie in this day and age. For them to make Creed 2 for $50 million, it feels like you spend $100 million on any high-profile movie these days. 50 is less than I would have expected. Well, salary-wise, it's only going to be Michael B. and, and Stallone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then after that, you're, you know, you're not dealing with locations. So. And it's not like a comic Marvel book, Marvel movie right. where there's special effects everywhere. I mean, yeah. it's really, they're, a big bulk of this movie is drama and family-related drama. I they mean, there's not a lot of action. Other than the fighting sequences. And they figure out the fighting sequences, that's what I was going to say, meaning they piggyback off other fights that are taking place. Yeah. And, you know, so it's like a Vegas fight or whatever the fight so they is. They film it there with a real, yeah. that mm-hmm. makes sense. Yeah. I mean, okay, but you'd think like, so, you know, it's, you've got Stallone, you got Michael B. You know, you know the size of this movie, you know how it's going to be promoted, how much money it'll probably make, right? Just, just Stallone and Michael B alone, I feel like, would be like, I won't make this movie unless you give me $20 million. Because why wouldn't they say that? Like, why, they're the—they're literally the key to this movie getting made. So that's—I think that's interesting that it only costs fifty. But I mean, I'm sure well, someone gets some points. He does, but it's also the era of the twenty million dollar movie star is few, fewer and farther between. And um, you know, you still okay. So if you took away Creed two, yep. I mean, from either one of their resumes right now. Is that really a good thing? Oh, like they both need the movie, I mean. I'm not saying they need it, but isn't it a nice thing? It's a good movie for them to have. In a time where there's not as much money into salaries and we have a glut of movies. Indie film is dead. Movie theaters are closing down. It's just giant tentpoles like the Marvel films and stuff. So, you know, if it works, and I'm managing either of them, I'm saying, hmm. Hmm. We gotta really pick. You make know, this movie this work. Really, That's yeah. A good point. Let's make it work. So it opened November twenty first. Uh, it opened at fifty eight million dollars. Has not opened worldwide yet. Total gross so far is fifty eight million. Probably a couple days behind on creating this outline, but that's the opening weekend. Open number two uh, behind Ralph breaks the internet, which opened at fifty six million dollars. Uh, I, I love that movie. Yeah, Did you guys great. see? Yeah, Wreck It Ralph too. It's great, but also I have not yet. But I will because I love Ralph breaks the internet. It's backed up by Disney, so of course you already have that. Fa- franchise yeah they don't make usually don't make mistakes on the animated ones it was yeah. so good i just that movie that yeah movie cry, it was fun honest. yeah yeah i love yeah, record ralph i have to get my wife to see it so she can see the sequel with me i'm getting emotional in my older age because when i was younger i didn't <laughs> you'll see there's 10 years i didn't cry literally keep coming from, from it's 10 only gonna to get 20 worse. and so then i started noticing my 20s like wow this movie made me cry this must be a really good movie then i started crying during like wells fargo commercials and like <laughs> it's like okay it's only gonna get worse <laughs> Uh, so this movie's critical reception. It's got an 8.0 on IMDb. Just uh, that's that's a couple points outside the top 250, but that's a, that's I think about right. Eight feels pretty much correct. The Rotten Tomatoes score, um, you know, all critics give it an 81. Top critics 84 percent. Audience 89 percent. So across the board, over eights and in the 80s. You know, I'll be honest. I really like this movie. 80 is the the highest I would personally have given it. I think I liked it the least of the three of us, and Andrew liked it more than Creed one as well. Oh, wow. I like okay. the more than Creep One. I think the other reason why they should get credit is I think the writing in all of the Rocky movies and the Creed movies has evolved. Because if you notice, other than um, Bridget Nielsen, yeah, <laughs> there wasn't really a villain in this. I mean, you could maybe say Ivan, just the way that he. But he arced at the end. It was like yeah, he his, stood by he his son. He didn't abandon his son. And then you see them training together. And I think. Uh, to me, that's the young generation yeah. working with Sly because I remember when Sly was telling me about it, he was saying that um, that he wanted the son to stand up to Drago and be like, you know, call him up. Yeah. Like, this is for you. It's not for me. I don't hate these guys. I'm just, I want to be successful, but I'm not, you know. And in the movie, what I liked was, you know, he Drago stuck by his son. Even the promoter. Yeah. You know, usually that's the sleazy promoter. Yeah. Even right. he respected what Creed did. So uh, do you know what I'm saying? Which is kind of cool that everyone was gray. 
Yeah. Except for Bridget Nielsen, who, you know, obviously was, yeah. she seemed, her and her husband were like the, quote, if there was a villain. They were villains. Yeah. It was, yeah, when she showed up, how'd you guys feel when she showed up? Like, I, I was like, I was like, wow, that's like, that's a callback. I didn't think you guys were going to yeah. go there. I thought that, the movie. I didn't think they were going to bring her back, but um, when they said the moment, like, we lost her, and then she came back, I was like, oh, it, it really well, amped it up. Well. But it made her character even colder when she left. Like that, uh, and when he looks hurts. over and the seats are empty at yeah. the end there. I, mm. the, so that, that was the, the ending was one of my favorite parts of this movie. Uh, the throw the towel moment, obviously. You know, throw the damn towel. Like I just <laughs> the fact that he throws the towel and that's how the fight ends is is pretty wonderful. Pretty pretty great. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, just like Victor is jacked out of his mind, that guy. I like from the second you see him on screen at the beginning, Dude. he's enormous. His <laughs> abs are like this big each. Yeah. Do we do we um do we see them again? Uh, you're the, the the Dragos. The Dragos? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I, think. I yeah. could see, I could see if they could go along with the themes of Rocky, where Adonis and Victor become friends. Yeah, that's what I think. I think yeah, because I think because like, you I know, don't think you can vilify them anymore. Because yeah. I I didn't even think that Victor was really a villain. He was just caught up. He, he was stuck between a rock and a hard place, and he was only I felt he was only doing it because his father wanted him to do it. Yeah. I never ever thought he wanted to fight for himself. So I, I, I definitely could see, because it didn't really seem like there was animosity between these two fighters, so I can see them being friends afterwards. That guy. I don't want to walk in a dark alley with that guy. <laughs> He's right. so jacked. But the interesting thing is about Florin Montano, who, yeah. you know, who plays Victor, uh, he actually had to lose weight, and Michael B. Jordan had to gain weight so they can physically look the part of, in, to get into the 200 yeah. weight, um, weight division. To look like they're actually part of the heavyweight champion. Well, yeah, because he's a real fighter. He's a monster exactly. fighter. Yeah, yeah. Michael B. had to put had on like lose... 20, 20 pounds of muscle, right? Yeah. He's... Michael had to gain weight and Florian had to lose weight. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, all right, guys. Favorite line. We're, we're getting to the uh, the back half of the show here. What do you got? What's your favorite line? Let me uh... I have mine. Go, if you want to go ahead. Mine, this, this like really hurts, but it's also beautiful at the same time. It's more bittersweet. Um, and Rocky is like, it's your time now. And he, he looks over at Adonis, and then there's that moment where he walks away from the ring. I'm like, oh. I, as a fan of Rocky, I was like, this might be the last time we ever see Rocky in, in the ring, ever. Yeah. I had that moment. I was like, oh, shoot. Yeah. It's, it's no really longer sweet. Rocky's story. Yeah, it's this makes me so sad. I love him so much. Yeah. What do you got, Kev? Same as hers. Really? Yeah. It's your time now? It's your time now. It's your time now. I, I mentioned mine earlier, but I actually, for me, it was that line about Adrian when he's asking about the proposal. I wish I could remember exactly what it was, because obviously I saw this at a press screening two weeks ago, and I don't like to have my phone out even though I'm taking notes. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's, it's when he says, like, he's trying to explain to him why he was able to say what he said. It's like, she was my whole world, so... I thought, you know, I said, and he says a silly line. If you wouldn't, you know, maybe want to, whatever he says to Mind her. marry me too that, much. That exactly. That's what it is. Like some, some loose thing. I just like, there's just something about the way he's such a noble character, Rocky. And so, and so those lines that he drops about Adrian, that he, and it's the same, like in the first movie, his gravestone scene is like one of my favorites in the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Somehow mm-hmm. the stairs are hard to get up and all that. You know, his moments with her now that she's gone are just, they, they mean a lot. They really hit for me. So that that line was great because it just sets up like he found the right woman. You know, she yeah. may not be around anymore, but he had the right woman. Yeah, she supported him through and through, and I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's that's so good. like a real relationship. Yeah, <laughs> that defines um, relationships. All right, guys, a couple AMA questions of yours. We got James Spence asking uh, simply, "How does this one stack up to the original?" But also, with this being Stephen Cable's first big, big budget film, where do you want him to go next? Either budget wise or jumping into another franchise. I think we each agree. I like the first one better. You guys both like this one better, mm-hmm. right? I, I actually like Creed one better. Okay. And then where do you want to see Stephen Cable Jr. go next? Do you want to see him do another sports movie, a big budget? What do you think? Uh, well, I, it's hard to say because I personally am not familiar with his work. So I think he could be very successful in like a strong television, um, like drama, family drama television. Music biopic. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't know he, why. He has a good sense of music. I mean, the Tessa Thompson stuff was cool. And yeah. when she comes out, she's singing. How do you guys like that? When she's singing, she's like singing his intro. I loved it. Yeah, that was cool. Great twist. And cool that's actually use. her singing, so. Yeah, it was yeah. also like a cool way, you know, to really do, like, we're, we're, we're in your team, house, but we're going to do it. Yeah, and we're a team. Whereas, you know, Adrian always was in, behind the scenes saying, don't yeah. fight, don't fight. I'll stay, you know, behind in the dressing room while you do the business. 
or I'll be home watching on you know with Polly as you'll see if you, when you see Rocky too. But um, but no, the fact that she's like, no, I'm your partner. Yeah, we're gonna do this together, and I'll I'll offer what I can offer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I loved it. Totally. Um, all right, and uh, I think my answer. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I think I think probably it feels like if he got the right script, I could see him doing like a kind of nuts and bolts crime movie. Feels like he has the right mm. he has the right vision for it. Uh, he understands mm. drama and he understands the beats of a sports movie. And as we've said before, those action, crime, sports, they've got a lot of similar beats that if you know how to hit right, you can make these movies really satisfying. Um, Paul Oyama asks us, where does Rocky rank among great American franchises right now for each of us? Um, I think this actually cements Rocky as my favorite right now, consistently entertaining and ties in so well with the American identity. Um, the great American franchises, I mean, as I said earlier, I think it's a singular franchise. It's hard to say because, like, is the MCU a franchise or is right. each of the MCU it's a universe? Right, you know. So I think I think the idea of a franchise now versus a uh, an expanded universe is you have to sort of draw that distinction. Um, definitely in high up for me, you know that it's it's done so much, it means so much. Uh, in in the top few, I think probably it's a top five for me at least because there's a few others. I love the Mission Impossible franchise. I love that the back half of that franchise is just yeah. like totally reinvigorated it. So good. It's pretty legendary. You know, I mean, you obviously have Star Wars, which has some good movies, some bad movies, but I would, I would say among my top five, um, no lower than that. Yeah. What do you think of? Definitely my, oh, sorry. It's sorry. my favorite. Yeah. All time. Done. Yeah. Easy. Yep. Yeah. I love Rocky. I watch Rocky way more than Star Wars or in any MCU or comic book movie. So, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, Paul, James, thank you for the questions. Um, there are three action movie categories. This is actually an interesting one for this. There are three categories. Those categories are totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. So uh, one of them is like, you know, Face Off, Con Air, Demolition Man. They're really silly. They're awesome. You love them, but they're, they, you know, kind of make you laugh unintentionally. Uh, they're totally legitimate, right? So Lone Survivor, Gladiator, movies like that. They're great there's the middle category, like Point Break and Predator, you know, hold together really, really well, but driven by one really strong element that makes them feel legitimate to you. Which of these uh, categories does this movie feel like to you guys? Totally legitimate. Yeah, I think that you're going to say that. What is ridiculously legitimate? Like it's beyond even legitimate or no? No, it's like the middle. So it's like a, it's, it's, it's like uh, a little silly, uh, no. but it just... Totally legitimate. Totally legitimate. Come on. I go middle. I go ridiculous. And I'll tell you exactly why. Oh I can God. defend my opinion. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. He hasn't seen Rocky 2. Well, <laughs> <The>, remember, <laughs> Ridiculous or Legit, most of my favorite movies are in that category. My favorite movie of all time is Point Break. That's clearly that category. There's a thing about a sports movie with a number past the first one that just inevitably there are elements to it. Like you... Because it is derivative, right? There are strong moments in this movie that are dramatic. That the fact that they've done it successfully, it actually makes them even more legitimate. Ah, but I love it. I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's not a negative thing for me. For me, it's a fully like I, I think like stuff name like another sports movie that's done it successfully it that's had multiple. I mean, incarnations successful. What makes it ridiculous? Think about it. For you. Major like, League Two. I mean, those movies are just they're supposed to be silly in the first place. Okay, so. all, right. all right. Well, then let me uh, think of. Um, Bad News Bears 2, Bad News Bears 3, they were not supposed to be silly. Okay, but like for me, like it's stuff like him with his foot in the in the tire with the guy in the desert and he's like punching the fire. Like it's the sports cliches that you love. I mean it's it's an it's on the edge for me, but I I, I still go middle category. Interesting. I go middle category. Okay. You know, he's not wearing headgear. Like, oh, we were on such a good... He's, in, he's fighting <laughs> in hell. Yeah, yeah. He has to get used to it. That's right. And they yeah. had to do something new. Fighting toe-to-toe. Well, I loved it, so, you know, it's not negative for me. Uh, there's only one last thing left for us to talk about here, guys, and that is called The Pitch. She did it. I love it. You, yeah. She's engineered the show I've many done times. too many times. It's great. Thank you. It's I mean, so see, good. I'm the one that's running the ones and twos. I'm not on the panel usually. So. It's so good. Um, next week we have uh, Black Klansman we're doing on this show. Um, great movie. Yeah, really, really great movie. Uh, wonderful Patreon of ours who I actually don't have written down here suggested it. Uh, he's a general in the Action Army, so uh, we, we are doing Black Klansman. We're very excited to do it. I loved that movie. It is kind of an action movie, actually. It has a lot of action to it. It's uh, it's frightening and funny and great. And, I actually haven't seen it. Oh, you'll like it a lot. It's really, really, really good. I highly recommend it. It was one of the one of the most entertaining films of the year, I thought, and a uh, nice return to form for Spike Lee because I really think he's made some bad movies the last few years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is probably the first really good movie Spike Lee's made since Inside Man. Here's a note to uh, mm-hmm. veteran filmmakers: when you feel like you're starting to run out of ideas, go more to a true story. Yeah. 
gets yeah. him right back in it. Yep. yep. Yeah, because I, I think I think Inside Man is probably the last really good movie that he made. Same with a lot of musicians too. If they score, um, if they'll do a soundtrack for a real, uh, a real story, yeah, they can put themselves in that world rather than you know creating their own worlds because their own worlds have become mutated with fame and right money. You know, they've yeah, lost that gritty. Hard to find that identity when you're mm-hmm. when you're in the success. Uh, before we actually end the show, because I did think about this, uh, the soundtrack to this film is done. Uh, well, the soundtrack is done by, it's mostly Ludwig curated by... Ludwig Göransson. Yeah, songs, I was going to say. But Ludwig Göransson does this just unbelievable job with the score. And I noticed, actually, when I watched Creed 1 again, that the song that plays, like, that sort of theme, that sad theme, it's uh, Rocky is Sick is the theme, mm-hmm. right? Like, it manages to take some of that Conti stuff from the original Rocky films. Like, it's like the feeling that you yeah, get. Yeah, we didn't even talk about the score. You're right. You had elements yeah. of Conti. You had Russian. yeah. Overtones and then you hip hop, because all yeah. fused together. It's like it's in the a, training montage, and it was fantastic. Beautiful. It's it's those sappy moments for me when not sappy, but the dramatic moments where it's like, and then it goes to that like, and you're like, oh, this is 1976 again. That's what that's where we are. This feels like the 70s. Yeah, that's a brilliant composer. Yeah, I thought it was so cool. I I have a thing and the Russian horns too. So we just had all of it in there, all of it. And Ludwig, he actually said in an interview that he. Because Rocky's so known for having multiple mo- montages yeah. throughout his film, that that uh, Creed Two wouldn't work for a di- our generation now to have multiple. So he wanted to make a long six-minute orchestral score. Yeah, that Ooh. that covered so many different emotional I, beats, I like and that. that's what they did. In I the like the long and and arcing in the montage. Yeah, more so than in other montages. Yeah, yeah, yeah I really really loved it. I I, I listened to a lot of. Um, Scores. That's the, a lot of what I listen to when I work. Like when I'm writing, so no words. It's easy to focus. So anytime I hear one song that just I'll notice is kind of speaking to me, I'll add it to the list. And that song "Rocky is Sick," which has that bit, I, is on my list. That it comes on a lot. A and it just, it just, yeah. Makes I me listen feel... to Rocky every time I work out. Like seriously, it's like my first soundtrack, first and last soundtrack I always go to. I cannot tell you how many miles I have ran to the Rocky training montage. You know, Jules, if you can cue up the song Sweetest Victory by Touch for us to end the show on, that would mean a lot to me. Uh, so while she's looking that up, I will do my outro here with you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show, guys, both of you. This is really a pleasure. Thank you. Marissa, welcome to the show for the first time. And Kev, thanks for returning. Excited to have you here for uh, for the Rocky franchise. I know it's it's good. You know, means a lot to you and means a lot to me that you're here. So, so much. Um, yeah. Otherwise, guys, thank you all for watching. If, if the folks want to find you, where can they find you guys one more time? Well, everyone can follow me at Serafini TV. Adam DeGaro, check us out on the Tomorrow Show. Yeah, every single week. And you guys can check out uh, you know, Action Movie Anatomy here every single week. As I mentioned, the Patreon, I'm on the Riverdale panel on AfterBuzz TV. Uh, that's on Wednesdays, so you guys can check me out there. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with Black Landsman. Thank you guys so much. Bye, everybody. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 